But the Indiana Dream Team is a discipleship program for men who um, have been in prison, have had childhood hurts, and they work with the, um, uh, the prison system anywhere, really, but they have a lot of favor with Morgan County. And um, where they can, those, they can mod out, what's called modification, mod out, and spend the, their la they can spend three years in the discipleship program at IDT, and that takes care of their prison sentence. And um, at IDT, they teach them not only about God and how to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father and how to run to Him and allow Him to work in their lives, but they also teach them just everyday skills, you know, how to hold a job, how to work as a family unit, all those kinds of things. It's more than just teaching the Word, but they're teaching them just about life skills and everything. Um, and um, we have just fallen in love with them. We are so excited that they're here to minister to us today. They're going to share their testimonies, Amen. which is just an awesome opportunity. And um, I just think it's neat that it's Valentine's Day, that they're going to share the love of God that's been happening in their lives and how they've been transformed. And we get to receive that love through them that the Father is displaying. And I just think it's a really awesome opportunity today. So Keith and your team, you want to come on up? This is Keith. He's, he's what, him and his wife are what they call the house parents, directors of the program. And so. <laughs> yes, Keith used to be on the mission field in Haiti, right? Yes, and so. Can I pray for you? Okay. Did I get it all right, too, what you do? Okay, there's more. He can tell you more about it. <laughs> um, so, so, Lord, we do. We just release um, just everything to Keith today, Lord, that you have for him and his team, Lord Jesus, that you would flow through them, that they would have courage to share what you put on their hearts, and it would come through um, in the way you want it to, Lord Jesus, that you would flow through them, and our hearts would be open to receive everything you have for us today. In Jesus' name. Good morning. First thing I'm going to do, Cindy, stand up, hon. My bride of 36 years. Back in 1996, we went on the first mission field in 97. She was called to be a mother of nations. We didn't think it would be this one over here, but hey, they wanted to joke. Guys, hey, can you tell a joke this morning? You know, they were here for Prophet Bob. You know, he jokes. Uh, I'm your nanny. <laughs> I think that's the best joke there is on them. But anyway, no, guys, I used to joke before. I used to go into the Word and got kicked out of a church for doing it. But it was a great one. Anyway, um, well, see, there's this couple going to, thanks. <laughs> I love you, Eric. You know that, right? Okay. couple going to uh, get married, had a car accident, died. Sad. They get to heaven, and they're sitting there and, and processing and this is probably not all scriptural, but anyways, they're up there. And uh, Peter comes up, and the wife says, that's my day. Long for all my life to marry this man. Can I marry him? And Peter says, you know what? Most people are just happy they make it. Let me find out. So they go over and sit with John the Baptist for the next three months. And uh, Peter comes back and says, hey, guys, where's that couple at? Good news. You can get married. Isn't that wonderful? And she goes, Yeah. Man, I was sitting here for three months talking with him. 
I know it's heaven, but finding some things out. Woof it don't work. Well, Peter looked at her and said, I found, took three months to find a pastor. You want me to find a lawyer now? <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it if you get deeper into that joke. But anyway, yeah, I was kind of walked off and lost the support. But um, let me share real quick just about Cindy and I real quick. We were called to the mission field in 97 to go to Haiti. Uh, went through a lot of beautiful, beautiful 18 years over there with the people. Raised up a generation of children. Um, we have two biological, two adopted. We've got four grandchildren now. I think we counted up this morning. We got 78 spiritual children, not counting these guys over here. There's definitely our kids, um, grandkids all over the, the, the nation here. And we've been blessed in that, in that fashion as parents. But um, I used to come up and share. And um, who's the lady in the red here that shared this morning? Rayma. If she's still in here, I just want you to kind of hear this, please. Um, so I wasn't going to share this. God called Cindy and I. We had a great business back in, in the day. Matter of fact, her and my daughter's allowance a week was $800. I got to give them $800 a week. And at 11 years old, my daughter's goal was to have an outfit a day for outfit for every day of the year, including shoes and everything. And come June, before as we got called, she was succeeding. And um, so to say the least, my daughter was spoiled. My wife was deserving. And God called us from that to the poorest country in the world. So I used to share for years. God called me out of my comfort zone. And, man, he took us out and sent us over there. So one morning I was going to church, and I thought about this, too, because this is twice it's happened now. January, 19th, two, January of 2019, I got called to this ministry after being in retirement for six years because of all the damage to PTSD, the robberies, and I don't want to talk about us this morning, but we went through quite a bit of hell at the end after the earthquake, and and then uh, we did it again. God called us IDT, so we had a nice retirement home in South Carolina. It's a little bitty place on an acre, a beautiful wood shop out back that not this group, another IDT group came with my brother to help me build up, and and I told my wife, oh, God, God's calling us again. we got to sell it all, go, you know, let's sell our comfort again and go to the mission field. And God said, I wish you'd quit lying. You know, God has never called me out of my comfort zone. He's called me into it. Wherever Father calls you, you're going into your comfort zone. Please don't ever look at any of different. Because we do, we bring us. When we bring us, he doesn't need us. He needs him. He needs the glory of what his son did on the cross. He needs us to die to self. Nothing wrong with material things. And... Um, we get in here, get involved here, but I just wanted to share that this morning. There may be some other things that come in. Um, gentlemen, I'm going to introduce you at the end, but the 10 guys over there, I think, unless we left one at the rest area, is right there, and someone's going to come up and share with you. But IDT, IDT, just a little bit about it. Um, you know, Pastor, this week, you guys, your fast has been, I didn't even know about it until this morning. Two days ago, was it, Dutch and Mike, you guys come upstairs, found me in a, a wreck. Man, we've been going through battle after battle. And about two days ago, I just broke before. I mean, I was crying, weeping so hard. I didn't even know Mike was up there until after the fact. But he just, wants, he just wants to do something. But what he wants to do is get us a little bit more out of the way to bring him in because it's all about him. IDT, as I talk, we hear stories, and you get the guys get to share their testimony. It's all about what he's doing on these dead bones rising up. 
and I got the privilege once Cindy and I to pray for a little three-year-old boy who was dead for three days and got to raise up in our arms and smile at us, but yet it was God's timing for that young boy to go home. Guys, it's your timing to let God come in. I want to share that with you before you start. So, the last 26 years, Cindy and I have been blessed to be called, used by Father. Abba's really good when he calls you, he equips you, and our biggest ministry has been this. Anywhere we go, I want a place. That's why I'm so comfortable up here. Just that God can be shown. God's love can go. I don't have to be anything different than what I am. I really want to word, lead worship this morning. I can't sing, but it makes the message a lot better. <laughs> See, it's all how you want to use your gifting. So, but, but I love it the way you guys just allow the presence of God to come in. And I'm just up here just basking in whatever you all did up here. It was great. Don't stop. Spontaneous worship, as I read on there, I thought I never heard that song. Um, so, you know, you, I'm, you can't find it, but what you can find is the presence of God just soaking into your life. So, let me get going here. Two years ago, I get called IDT. IDT is a residential home. Somewhere I had a brochure. Somewhere I had a brochure. Cindy, I found it. And i just briefly tell you guys what it's about. It's nice to have the logistics of what my brother planted 20 years ago. It's a little five, ac five acres he started in Gosport, Indiana. We now bought everything around us. We own 120 acres of land. Uh, one nice house that we stay in. One house has been in Rolla for four years. I'm hoping the Lord comes back first before we finish it <laughs> because we're at that tweaking stage. And uh, we're right now cleaning up a 7,000 square foot ed center. We're hoping to expand what God's doing in their life to another 15 to 20 more guys this year. Um, we talked about a work release, but I think we're going to keep it residential home. People need a place to know that they're loved. They don't need a place to come to know they have a drive to work. They don't have, they have dinner on the table. They need a place to know that Father loves them, and they're blessed, and they're worthy, and their past doesn't define them, and their future is coming forward in, in who they are in Christ. And that's what Cindy and I want to work with these gentlemen but we have this place in Gosport. My brother has talked about new stuff. This week I've become not just your house parent nanny, but my wife and I became the new directors of everything except the things I'm not. And I haven't figured that one out yet because <laughs> my brother is semi-retiring. But the neat thing is <laughs> there's a lot of pressure. Ministry's tough. The kingdom of God is e easy. So if we keep it kingdom mentality, we're going to go places that's going to rock this town. Yeah. If we say obedient to what Father's called you to do, these, and, and I got 10 men here, I don't have, I tell these guys a lot, I want you to go out there and spread the gospel. Speak only if you have to. You know what? I've seen more kingdom here and in Haiti than I've had in some of the wealth of America. Because we're poor, we're richer in our poverty at times than most people in their wealth. Because we have everything we need. So we built this place. We're building this place. IDT, uh, let me see here. Core values, of course, servanthood, accountability, obedience, and submission. <coughs> Obedient and submission. <coughs> Obedient and submission. Unity. Boy, you know how 
for 18 years in Haiti, we had to take, our, our ministry was to take an orphan. I didn't have an orphanage. I had a children's home. It was a big difference. An orphanage in Haiti or anywhere else in the world, you could raise those guys up because they're 15 or 16, and they don't no longer cute. And you put them out and get another, then they're three or four years old, take their place, you get the $30 a month so you can support your ministry. A home is you take these guys with, no matter what circumstance, God created them to be my children. So you take them from an orphan, you get them to a son. Through sonship, then you're going to have to raise them up, and then they're going to become men. So some of these guys, I missed the, the toddler years of their physical, but not the spiritual. So as we come in, we get to teach them to be from orphanage to sonship, sonship to men, and these guys can go out unified, understanding what the body of Christ is about and how much we need each other. Well, COVID tried to steal the, the body, hasn't it? Still doing it. Don't let it. Stewardship. Integrity. Appreciation. <clears throat> One of my fun ones is discipline. Or is that discipleship? No, discipline. It's the heart of discipling. Vision and mission. Some of these guys are going to go out and be missionaries. Some are going to be history makers. Some of them are going to be dads. History makers. And then we discipleship. Um, spiritual growth, of course. Trust, love, Christ, change, joy, obedience, accountability, purpose, vision, discipline, fulfillment. <sighs> and then they get to get out of bed and have breakfast. ID is founded by my brothers, I said. If we can do one thing, and that's help stop self-destruction. One of the things I teach the guys is dying to self. Because it says in Romans, if you don't die from the sinful nature, you're not going to please God. So let's get that out of the way so we can please God. And it's great watching that happen. So that's what IDT is kind of about. That's what we do. These guys are going to share more because there's no greater testimony than someone's going through it and someone's living it. Um, so Cindy and I prepared this place. We got to come in place was built we got to come in build off the foundations bring what father's put in our heart and um really and some of you guys haven't heard this but january of 2019 when we said yes to come i wrote this down and i keep it with me and it's for the it's for these men and men to come i pray over them it's your next season your next journey to mature and grow into the man of god that he created you to be this is the place you're in and we're here to bless you in that simple but yet tough. So in the next several hours as we share, sorry, I get on Haiti time. Um, I think pastor said I had 42 minutes. Just kidding. I had a pastor once tell me you have 25 minutes to share. So I said, he was adamant. I mean, he told me three times. And you know when the Lord says three times, you, man, I set my watch. My wife sets her watch. 25 minutes into it, I'm down right in the middle of a great, great testimony about Haiti about healing some guy in a truck, and then my alarm went off, and I went. <laughs> I said, there's blessings in obedience. Yeah. <laughs> he, was the, he was the authority of the house. I wasn't. Yeah. <clears throat> well, from that came many good things over the next few days with the men of the, and the pastor. It broke a cycle. Broke religion. Yeah. We don't need religion to be obedient. We need obedience so we can understand religion. Well, I don't want to hang around no cross. We're called to get up there and die with him and do the work that, you know, he's already paid the price. Christianity is not hard if we can go from spirit to mind, not mind to spirit. So let me get here. I'm going to read my first one of my testimonies, if I can open up with this. Um, 
place. This is one of the guys that spoke about that. And um, I don't want to embarrass him because he doesn't like to speak in the in front of people. But Dutch is stand up, say hi at least. Hi, Dutch. <laughs> Dutch is one of my lead guys. Um, but here's his testimony. I told him I'd read it this morning from him. Coming from a broken home and the loss of both of my parents at a very young age, I spent most of my life in a state of hiding, ashamed of who I had become. I tried to hide by living a double life, turning to drugs and alcohol to free from the issues I had encountered. Living in bondage to my compulsive behavior for a long time, seeing a lot more bad than good inside me, I looked at my life in the terms of, all, of an all-or-nothing person, resulting in more and more problems. At this time, my life hadn't been full of, my life had been full of misdir misdirection, broken relationships, failures, addictions. I see myself as an irresponsible person and I continue to condemn myself. Spending several nights in jail and three visits to prison, I can remember being so confused and overwhelmed by disappointment, grief, and pain in my life. No matter what I did, I was powerless to change the things for the better. After the loss of a very close family member, which was his brother, a divorce and a separation from his son, the weight of the pain and sadness seemed too heavy to bear. I didn't see why my heart just didn't break and allow death to free me. Going through life under, free, under these circumstances wasn't healthy for me, for my spiritual life. It raised many questions and doubts. Ironically, as I was a, asserted as I asserted my freedom to live as I chose, I lost my freedom to choose anything other than my addiction. I felt inside like I was running with the devil. Something had to change. I had to change, Dutch says. I couldn't continue going through life without purpose, without care, not knowing what to do to shake the pain, guilt, grief, and anger I had inside. I continued on my own searching. Landing in jail for another drug possession, looking at possible spending the rest of my life behind bars, I knew at that point in time I had hit rock bottom. I was truly broken. The worst place to be, but for me, at the time, the place I needed to be. I knew at that moment I needed a savior. Not to save me from jail. And I would insert, IDT is not an alternative to jail. We tell all of our guys. We're praying that we can be an alternative to hell. That's what we want to pull these guys out of. So he needed a savior, and I love the way he put this, not to save me from jail or a jail sentence, but to save me from the bondage I was stuck in. The spiritual forces that sway our lives have roots in their truth or deceit. Truth leads to freedom. Deceit leads to bondage and death. One of the things IDT will teach or we will share is uh, Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom. I've set you free. I fought with that thing for a long time, my walk with the Lord, my ministering. Duh. What else is freedom about? But I understand the devil has took freedom and twisted it so bad. We don't even know what, free, what, what living free means anymore. There's freedom standing bef before people to say how big my God is and not worry about condemnation. There's freedom when someone ridicules you as being a leader and you stand there thinking, well, God called me, you didn't, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. But when you get, someone comes up and you get offended, how many know you will be offended in life? Yeah. Dutch has been offended. What's the scripture say? 
when it sticks on your back, you've lost your freedom. When you let it go, you gain freedom to be able to love the unlovable, Fruit, to love those who are hard to love on. And Haitian people, men in this situation, and I'm not calling them, I'm not speaking, but they're addicts. A lot of us are addicts in some way or another until we get rid of the one master and start serving the right master. And an addict's a taker. Dutch was tired of taking and taking, losing the freedom that he knew he could find somewhere. I'm not adding to Dutch. Let me just say what Dutch is saying because I could. Deceit leaves a bondage and death. When I became a slave to my addiction, I lost the right to choose any other way of life. That day, sitting there alone in the cell, went from the worst last day of my old life to the first day of my new life with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I prayed and asked him into my heart and to be the Lord over my life. And that time, guys, you know they go together. When you ask Jesus into your heart, you know that he needs to also be the Lord of your life. Don't, don't, don't skip part B, guys, because you, something, will, something will be Lord over your life. Let it be Jesus. At that time, a feeling of peace settled through my body, a feeling I had never felt before. I knew that at the moment, there was something different about me. I knew I had a purpose in this life. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 2, 4, and 6, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sin, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and he seated us, and I'm a personalized Dutch, he seated me with him in the heavenly realms because I am united with Christ Jesus. I began praising God, knowing my life would never be the same. I couldn't get enough, although sentenced to prison for the possession of drugs, I wasn't walking in there alone. Things were different this time. I didn't feel the same. I was reading the word now and seeking our Father and, and his instructions and wanting to be where he was where he was men saw me they knew me they knew the old me and asked what had gotten in me it was then I got to start doing what God had called us to do and that is share his goodness I knew being released from prison I couldn't go back to the same environment I had been living in God put it on my heart to reach out to a place called Indiana Dream Team so I wrote them explaining what I wanted to do in life and the direction God had in me I had served three and a half years of the seven and a half year sentence at this time how many years did you write IDT, Butch? Five, before you ever got an answer. Never stopped. When I, call, when I got a call back to court to be released to the IDT team, or the Indiana Dream team, God was moving in my life and I knew it. I had this saying, your direction in life out of jail or prison strongly depends on who picks you up from that prison or jail. I was blessed to be picked up by Indiana Dream team. I was welcomed to a program with open arms and tremendous love, something I've, never, I've needed in my life for a long time. I've, how many, how many pages? <laughs> I've been able to strengthen my foundation in Christ, all while helping others to find, they, to find who they are in, in God's kingdom as well. I've got my driver's license back. Yeah. He drives my Toyota. <laughs> Amen. And for the first time in 10 years, I've traveled to many states, many places, working and enjoying God's beautiful creation. I've been blessed to be a part of the internship here at IDT and help as a leader to serve and assist the men in the ministry. 
Every day God gives me the power to turn away from my sin. I'm not perfect, but I am now a radically different person. I don't trust in my own efforts anymore because I know that God will take care of me. I trust in him. I will continue to tell others about him because of the joy he's given me. And Dutch has got us now. When we get somebody from jail, we're going to go pick them up because we're going to be there to take them to that place that our hearts are hopeful and praying that they will be changed. So I was asked just last week from a young man, well, I guess he's 42. He asked me one question. It's the first person ever asked me that and got me thinking about this just right now. Mr. Lashbrook, will you pick me up? because he was afraid what would happen between the time he got out, the hour trip to um, home. And yes, we will be there for you. One of the other privileges is we get to raise up a generation of men of God, husbands, fathers, and I always like to emphasize that is pretty much the right order. Husbands, fathers, and men of God just go all the way in there. <coughs> different society we live in from my generation but it, God's word hasn't changed one of the ways is we take an orphan we turn him into a son and we take that son as we and, and turn him into a father or turn him to a man of God and that right now I want Mikey Pruitt to come up as he comes in his nickname was pockets Joke, you want me to joke? There it is. Anyway, so I said, Mikey, come on. Oh, forget about this thing. <laughs> Give you a little bit on Mikey. I'm going to let Mikey share. And uh, it's one of him. But I did. I nicknamed them Pockets for several reasons. Mikey's been through five deaths in 17 months he's been with us. Five of them has been family. I'm sorry, six. Five been family members. One was a friend. Mikey got to go to each of those funerals. We got to send him there. And every time Mikey goes, Mikey turns to be, it's like the dead person is forgotten, and they surround him. And all I hear is, oh, look at the life. Look at this. He didn't have to say a word. Mikey is loud, and he's be able to speak into people in his funerals. So, Mikey, as you share, I won't share about the picture you showed me at 13 years old, because I want to show you something, Keith. First thing you showed me, the funerals. See that picture? I'm 13. And he goes, it's, it's hereditary. <laughs> I said, we'll break it. <laughs> share your testimony, sir. Uh, hi, my name is Michael Pruitt. I've been with the Indiana Dream Team for 17 months now. I'm currently a mentor. I had an addiction to methamphetamines, Xanax, and heroin, which led me to an eight-year sentence to IDT and probation um, by the grace of God for level three dealing methamphetamine. <clears throat> I know the first thought to most people is that isn't very good, but to me, that's my rescue story. The, life, the lifestyle I got into was dangerous, and the crazy thing is that became my normal. Only time I was sober and had anything together or cared was on the weekends when my kids came. 
when really my whole week should have been full of thoughts of what I could do to better myself for them and how to nurture them and teach them what they needed to be knowing at that age. <coughs> they were full of thoughts of how am I going to feel comfortable? <coughs> how am I going to get the money to stay comfortable? Put, a, put way too much attention on myself. <coughs> it was way, it was all about Mike. Since I've been with IDT, I now get my comfort from God. Focus on my kids wholeheartedly. Talk to them daily before and after school. <coughs> Some days only after. <laughs> uh, I make sure to ask every detail and listen closely to give advice when they were having trouble or any advice I feel could be helpful. <coughs> uh, me and my daughter play this game called the Roadlocks. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. On my car rides home from work, and we practice whatever <coughs> they're working on in school. Uh, all this was made possible when I set my eyes on the Lord. I never felt more peace and understanding of the calling on my life. How many people I had an impact on? Uh, five people are now reading God's word, asking me questions by the change. <coughs> they see in me. That is truly amazing, and that is how God changed my life. Thank you, Mikey. Mikey uh, is one of my mentors, as he said. Mikey uh, is a picture of what it means just to be there in, 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 in Jesus' scene. He just, the, the love of the Lord just radiates from that young man. Mikey, may I say most of your family is in addiction? His mom has called saying how much, his grandma's called, how much that everyone is now looking up to who he is in the Lord. Like Mikey said, he's got five people. Isn't two of them now in church? Um, because of his witness to his family and friends. That's awesome. Good job, Mikey. Yeah. You know, Romans 8, 14 through 19 talks just about what Mikey is. He's that the world waits in ex great expectations for the sons and to be revealed. Besides one out, Mikey be at testimony that all the guys that come in. They're going to go out one day. Scare Cindy and I sometimes because we're, <laughs> you know, what they're going to go into. We give them a place for 36 months, and then there's a world out there waiting to the kill, steal, and destroy. Mike, you never lose that, what you got. You go out there and you fulfill what God says there. You are someone that the world is waiting on to become that model who Christ is in your life. In Haiti, I'm going to share a little story. My next one is Restoring the Beauty is another one of our ministries that we do. When we lived in South Carolina in the beautiful town of St. Matthews, um, during I have from the, the beatings and everything in Haiti, I had to go on disability because I also got cerebral malaria. And between cerebral malaria and the PTSD, uh, they kind of fried some things up. So every once in a while, I fall over, and the guys catch me. Sometimes they put me in the corner and put a straw or something or my toothpick back in. And, 
There's one, one main thing they can't do is, you know, no mouth to mouth. Just let me die. Pres <laughs> presence with the Lord. Um, none of them have ever had a problem with that, so I'm blessed. But restoring the beauty. God has created every one of us in his beauty. I don't care what you've done. Well, let me just share this before I bring the next person up, which will, will be Jack. In Haiti, I was on a meet. I was in a meeting with some of my older guys. Um, we had 138 kids at one time, but the original 12 is the one I poured into a lot. They were the old, they were our first 12, the oldest ones. They uh, they were the ones helping me. They grew up and helped me help with the little ones, and they would help build things. And they became part of the ministry because once you get into sonship, you're part of what the what what God's doing. So you know. My daughter and my son, biologically, when they were 9 11, when we left for Haiti, they were missionaries. They weren't children I was dragging with me to a third world country. We sat and said, hey, guys, this is part of your call. You know, yes, as a parent, I was able to share that and teach them what I was mean, but we never left them out. So these men that I was, these young men that I was teaching in Haiti and raising them up um, to become the next leaders and run me out of a job over there and all that good stuff. I looked down from our house, it's a second story, we did a lot of our stuff on the rooftops because it was cement and, and uh, you know, a little bit of breeze. I look in a canal. Does anyone know what a canal in Haiti looks like? All right, well, just take, take your toilet and dump it all into a creek or a ditch for the next 50 years, and that's what it is. That's, there is no working bathrooms. There is no, that's a, a canal meaning that's your sewage going to the ocean. And we just happened to be blessed having one in front of our house. Um, and I look down, and I see a piece of wood sticking out about like this. And I go out, and I pick it up. And I, I go out, I try to pick it up. You know, I'm reaching over, and, and you know, I say, hey, guys, get that for me. Like, we know what's there or in there. No, we ain't going to do it. Oh, come on, man. You're my leader. Help me out here. One of them says, well, I'll hold your hand. <laughs> okay. So he did, I held, and I'm pulling and pulling. Out comes the back, I think, what used to be a wood. Everything over there is hand-carved, beautiful handmade construction. It was the back of a chair, the best I could tell. So I take it, and I kind of wipe it off, and we don't waste water over there, so I didn't wash it. But I put it in my garage. Next day I come out, my staff has it in the trash can. I'm getting ready to burn it. I said, oh, no, no, I want that. No idea. I want that. Six months I fought with them to keep that thing so I didn't throw it away. I finally put it up on my wife's stairway going to the attic. That didn't work either. Um, so I moved it somewhere, and anyways, after about five or six months, I had time. I start cleaning the muck and the mire off of it. I just kind of used my little knife and pocket knife, and then I could tell that something, somebody carved something beautiful in this. So I got it all cleaned up. I ordered from America. I'm a carpenter by fun. I love, love carpentry. So I ordered this thing I found out called Sustainable Putty. Okay, if you're a carpenter, it's a lie from hell. <laughs> you can't stain over it. It doesn't work. So I, because I'm fixing all the, the, the cracks, but to get, I finally get it, and then about the time I get her done, I'm looking at it in the garage, and I hear this <laughs> window shatter. So I walk out there, and the kids are doing what they're not supposed to, playing soccer in the living room of our home there. And, and uh, I said, guys, no, I told you this. So I'm kind of upset. I said, listen, and now I asked you on Finette. I said, go out there and buy a window. And, but what I said was glass. I'm thinking English. Should have said finet. Go out there and buy a glass. Well, glass in, in Creole's mirror. 
So I write down the dimensions and everything. I gave them the money, they get, and they bring me a, win, or a mirror back instead of a window. And I said, did you break a mirror? <laughs> no, but at your attitude, we weren't going to give you anything different than what you asked for. <laughs> okay. Can't argue with that. Here's 10 more bucks. Go buy me what you broke. That was easier to translate. So I put the mirror in there. The next day I come in there, that mirror fit perfectly in my back of the chair. So I thought, well, okay, all right. I'll see what it's going, Lord. So I put it together. And I'm not the most gentlest person. As I'm tightening down the screws I put in there and made little wedges, I hear this. So I turned it over. And this is after one of my guys put in the Father's Hand Children's Home. It was their, our logo. He painted it for me the night before. Cracked right through our emblem. And I look at it. I'm thinking, great. All this time, no, so I get a crack. And the Lord says, look again. So I look again. And he goes, you see the unstainable putty? I said, yeah. You can see the crack in the mirror? And I said, yeah. He goes, I want you to minister to people that way. You've seen something beautiful in it. The world's cracking them up, but you're still going to love them for who they are. Hang that on your wall. Every child that came to my children's home got to stand in front of that mirror so I can see God in them. And when I seen God in them, and so when I work with these guys, I don't have them. I have the mirror somewhere. got um, damaged and, and getting it back to America. But it still is like I like it. But these men at IDT, I want to see God in them. They're going to share testimonies. That, you know, another one's going to share here in a minute. You may hear some other stories of the day. And they got a pass. It's but who they are. I want to restore that beauty. IDT is there to take that beauty God's called them to do. And this is why I asked Jack to call. Um, Jack, if you want to come walking up here. In, in the early times, well, even today, I can go to any gas station in Martinsville or the surrounding areas, I think the surrounding states. People know Jack. I nicknamed Jack Mayor Jack. If, I, if he ever goes, he gets my vote. He's got him. You know, but you're always here. Oh, my gosh, Jack, you look so good. You look great, Jack. I mean, I, this is what I hear. People come, oh, my gosh, is that you, Jack? You look wonderful. I'm thinking, boy, he must have been one ugly kid on drugs. <laughs> just kidding. Love you. But Jack, I just want to share about what God is doing and just keep restoring the beauty. Oh, can I have a picture of Jack up? Yeah, this uh, picture that they're going to put up is actually me in court. Um, the day they came, uh, picked me up. Well, my hands were shackled there too, I think. <coughs> <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> I grew up in a family of addicts, or full of addicts, and the drugs, the drug use was accepted by pretty much all of my family. I started using drugs at, at a very young age. By the time I was 18 years old, I had already experimented with a lot of drugs and was introduced to a new one. By the time I was 27, I was selling and using drugs on a daily basis. I caught my f first case in 2011. From then until now, it seemed like I caught a new charge every year. In 2019, I, I caught an F2 dealing methamphetamine, a charge that carries 10 to 30 years. I had hit rock bottom. I wrote a letter to IDT and told Eric Lashbrook I would really like to try something different. He accepted me and 
fought to get me out there. I was in jail for five months before I saw my first plea. <clears throat> God had showed me mercy. <clears throat> I received a time served plea with three years probation. It wasn't until I was in court that my attorney showed me my first plea they had offered me. It said 19 years DOC. I realized then how serious my charge was. <clears throat> they dropped my F2 to an F5 and I was released. <clears throat> I had three years probation to serve and a three-year commitment to sign with IDT. Since, since then, God has shown me favor. I've been here for, I wrote this a while back, but I, I've been here for eight months. I think I've been here now for 14 months. Um, now I'm called into leadership at IDT, which I don't take lightly. I was recently asked if I would like to start work, and I'm very excited about the opportunity. You see, the place where I will be working has CC workers that work there, and I will be able to pour into them at work. Just a couple of years ago, I was one of the CC workers working where I'll be working soon if it's God's plan for me. I have. I have to give God all the praise and all the glory he deserves for pulling me out of my addiction and into something beautiful. Thank you, God. <clears throat> Since I wrote this, a little bit's changed. I didn't end up going to work where I, I was talking about, but um, I do have a good job. Um, I work, you know, every day, and um, I, I recently got a car, so... Um, Thing, things are really looking up for me. I, thank you. He recently got a car. The, play, the people he worked for come up to us. They do auctions. And they, he was driving one of our 97 Dodge Caravans that a couple deer have laid on the hood. And one turn signals work when it doesn't rain, if I remember right. Um, but they got they calls it, hey, you, could, you know, they, they love Jack. He says, if we find him a car, what's his stipulations? And I said, when he reaches, uh, it'll, be my, it'll be IDTs until he hits transition, then it's his car if that's what you want. So Jack was favored with that car. I mean, just, he was favored. Guys, I could sit up here the rest of the evening talking about the love that fathers put upon these men at IDT and the love to come at IDT. But guys, won't you do me a favor now and come up here with me as we close? Cindy, won't you come up here with me with the gentleman? There's a, uh, yep, still 10. Um, three types of people go to IDT. Those who count, those who can't. Anyway, Kaysen, would you like to share anything real quick? Well, um, I'm really grateful to be at IDT. Um, I've been in some really dark places in my past. Um, 
God's given me the grace to be able to be here. Um, I was looking at 43 and a half years, and um, IDT was willing to fight for me. So uh, thank you, God. Thank you, IDT. This is Dustin. Dustin's a good man, has a daughter, and I got the privilege to watch him and his daughter get together at visitations. And uh, I know when Dustin leaves, his daughter will be a part of his life. So I pray for that. Her name's Marley, but she is a precious young lady who has an awesome dad. Daniel Amigo Stevenson. Uh, hi, my name's Daniel Stevens. Um, um, when I was 19, I was in the stronghold of an addiction that I knew was going to kill me. And I was perfectly okay with that. I was depressed, suicidal. Um, my family's relationship with me was estranged and I barely even came home for holidays. Um, God put me in a place that kept me safe, and that just happened to be prison. Um, I spent eight months in county jail and 20 months in prison, and um, I got my modification to come out to IDT, and by that time, over a dozen of my everyday friends have overdosed and died, all under the age of 30. Um, I've been at IDT since May, and um, I've just seen a transformation within myself, um, and I'm just grateful. I can say to each and every one, one of our up-and-coming leaders, because they're all going to be leaders um, when they succeed, and they will succeed in Jesus' name. Um, we're very proud of that young man, and uh, for his birthday this week, he gets to go see his parents, which is pretty awesome. Dutch says pass it. But if you want to get with Dutch after church, he loves the four or five people crowd. Yeah. I'll try. Hello, I'm Christian Troxel, and uh, I was an addict and uh, liked to drink a lot, and God uh, brung me from that, and favored me and I got three daughters and one turned five and the others turning six uh, this coming Wednesday and uh, God's given me a lot of grace and they're following God now and they're learning. Yeah, I'm the baby of all of us. Um, thank you guys for letting us come here today. This is the type of stuff that we all enjoy doing. And uh, like Jack was saying, that his family was based around addiction. Well, Jack's actually my big cousin, so I was kind of part of the same lifestyle growing up. And uh, Lord, I saw it change in Jack, and it made me want to change too. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. Hi, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Aaron Glenn. 
Um, I have been here almost two years. Uh, I came in right, <coughs> excuse me, right a, right about, yeah, it seems longer, doesn't it? Let's see, pain doesn't last forever, Keith. Um, <laughs> I came in just probably about a week before Keith and Cindy um, came in. And There's a lot of things that you could say about IDT. There's a lot of things that you could say about these men that I'm privileged to share this stage with. Um, <clears throat> but one thing that I know that we can all say in 100% agreement without any bit of doubt is that the two that you see right here, Keith and Cindy, they have completely laid their lives down for us. That's a big deal. <laughs> he says, <clears throat> only use words if you have to. They live it every day. The sleepless nights, the, the missing their own family. Um, that speaks more than any words could possibly speak. I'm, I'm honored <laughs> um, to be a part of this, to be, to be a part of, of uh, reinvesting myself into other people. Um, that's, that's what I've done. I just want to say thank you again for uh, giving us the opportunity to come um, speak and share t testimonies. Uh, it, it really is a privilege, so thank you. I don't like this either, talking about <laughs> it. Uh, my name is Mike McDaniel. I've been with the uh, Indiana Dream Team for about 18, almost 19 months now. Um, but like these guys, I've, I've had battles, uh, struggled with addiction for about 16, 17 years on and off. Um, you know, about a year and a half before I came to IDT, I was in a pretty bad car crash. Um, by the grace of God, I was able to walk away from. Um, you know, I thank God every day for the opportunity um, to be with IDT. Um, like these guys, I probably, I had one foot in the grave, um, but I was okay with that too. Um, so God has given me a purpose and that is to share with this, this group and um, I thank, thank him every day. If I could sum it up, um, they're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We still fall. One of my guys fell not too long ago, and I asked him, Lord, why, why, why? I poured so much. And he says, well, he didn't fall out of grace. He's falling into it. And it gave me a new perspective on how to love on and help pick up because they come. That's all they need is a hand up, someone who loves them. They've picked me up. They know when I'm hurting. They know when Cindy's hurting. It's neat to have a group of guys come around you. You know, 2011, 12, when we were beat and robbed six times in Haiti, and Pete, both of us deal with PTSD. My son has a marks of a screwdriver into his neck that was there. And I tell you all this to tell you this. How are we ever going to trust again? I'm not putting these guys a label on these guys, but the world sees them as convicts. I sleep with 11, 10 of them under my roof with no locked doors and sleep the best I've slept in years. That's father. That's showing us who these men truly are. We don't have to live in fear 
because fear has been paid by, by Jesus. We live in the unconditional love that God has these guys in his hand. Thank you for allowing us to come. Thank you for allowing us to share. Michelle, thank you for coming last year when you did. It was life-changing for a lot of us, uh, myself included. I just want to say that it's a privilege to be a mom of the home uh, at IDT. And, and these, guys, these guys all have moms, but they also need another mom to love on them. And that's, that's my job. And I'm not just a mom to my own kids. I'm a mom to the nation. Um, I just want to share and say that um, if you have a heart, to help us, support us. We, we have back on the back table is a uh, sign-up sheet where you can receive monthly newsletters um, to hear about IDT, what we're doing. There's a couple months back there that you can see what we've done. And we also have donation clips that you can mail in to support, pray about it, what God to have you to do. Can help us, and we also we also do on online um, idtgiving at gmail.com or www.idtmen.com on our website. Um, you you can go PayPal there. Um, or but I thank you guys for having us. And the three things you want to put in the memo: either general funds which makes, helps pay the electric bill, electric bill and all that good stuff. Uh, I think our electric bill last month was $2,400 uh, for the five buildings that we have electric. One of them is Keith and Cindy. Our, we're raising our personal support. That goes back to these guys. And then um, we're going to have building funds coming up for we're going to be building transition homes for these guys. I think after they get done with the 18 months, it's all going to be on individual. Some will all stay on property in their own little bungalows or something to be able to get out there in the world, but yet still have accountability in their life. Yeah. So, um, guys, thank you. We bless you, Pastor Eric. Thank you for the time of your pulpit. And uh, any questions, you guys will hang out, talk to any of them. Um, they'd love to just talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, probably better than they do with this. Gentlemen, thank you very much for being a part of us. God. Um, before we leave, uh, Jeff was really sensing uh, that we needed to encourage you guys. You know, they've struggled with addictions, but um, if you struggle with addiction, it doesn't have to be drugs. Stand up. Every one of us could stand up. We're just like you. We all have struggles. Every one of us have things, but our sin does not define us. Can I have an amen on that? And so, guys, I just want to encourage you, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen? And um, the old man is gone, and the new man has, has arisen. So we just thank you for sharing your heart 
And I know how hard it is to come up forward and share publicly, but we just pray a blessing over you guys. We pray a blessing over the ministry, over your family, your children. And Father, I just thank you, God, that you are in the saving business. And so, Father, I thank you that you have called them by name and that, Lord, they are sons of yours. And, Father, we just thank you for the ministry, and we just pray a blessing over them, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said? I want to encourage you, if you want to give to the ministry, again, the table back there has information about the ministry if you want to take it with you. But you can also give in the basket today and just put guest speaker, and we'll make sure that all that money goes to the Dream Team. The second thing before you leave, if you have a family member incarcerated, let them be a part of that. Keith, can they also come to the program even if they're not incarcerated? If they have a life-controlling thing or they're struggling with drugs, you know, before prison happens. So they have it also, if you have somebody in your family that's struggling with drug addiction, they have a program to help with that. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, maybe there's people in your family that you want to uh, have a part of that program. Please consider that and see Keith after the service. Amen.